Hey, it's Scott Orner, Cruise Consulting, and welcome to another episode of Founders and Friends. And before we start the podcast, let's give a quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling is the new cool payroll tool that we see a lot of startups using. Rippling is great for your traditional HR and payroll. They integrate very nicely. But guess what? They did another thing. They integrate into your IT infrastructure. They make it really easy for when you hire someone to spin up all the web services and their computer, which sounds kind of like not a huge deal. But actually, we did the study at Cruise. We spend $420 on average just getting a new employee's computer up and running and their web service up and running. It's actually a really big deal. It saves a lot of money. And the dogs are eating the dog food. Like We see a lot of startups coming in to Cruise now using Rippling. So please check out Rippling. Great service. We love it. I think we have a podcast with Parker Conrad. You can hear it from his own words, but we're seeing them take market share. So shout out to Rippling. And now to another awesome podcast at Cruise Consulting's Founders and Friends. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise. Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Orn. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today, my very special guest is Jordan Smith of Gleeman. Welcome, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, I guess, having me on. It's, it's my first podcast. It's yeah. The first podcast I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just retrace your career and how you had the idea to start Gleeman. Sure. I think regarding a career, I can't really say I've had much of a career, to be honest. I'm 21 years old, so I can't say like a career you know, but I have been doing my own thing for five to six years. Um, so starting around 15, 16 years old, everything, everything that I've done probably has to go back to when I was a lot younger and with my dad and whenever it was with my brother as well. So whenever we wanted something, he would really make us work for it. So like if, if yep. for example, we were obsessed with Lego, right? And, uh, and whenever we wanted that new set or that new thing that had been released, he would make us on Saturdays come out to work with him sweep houses, pick up stones, weeds, the whole lot. We were like his little assistants, I guess, for the Saturdays. And then we would go to Toy World and pick up the Lego set that we wanted. So I think doing this here has built the mindset that's been able to help with everything moving forward in life and business. I love it. Um, I love it. That's how I was raised the same way. And my, my, I don't know if your parents were entrepreneurs. You obviously are. But like my parents really instilled that in my brother and I. And it's funny, I have a two and a half year old daughter and I just yesterday, cause she's like an only child. So we, 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 we buy her shit all the time. Yeah. 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 And so just yesterday <laughs> she was asking for something and I was like, do you want to help with the chores to make money? She just started conceptualizing. Nice. Money. Nice. But it's like, I want to do exactly what your parents did for you, which is start it, start early. I think it's the best. It's the best way because I, I don't think I ever like, Obviously, at the time, I was like, why? <laughs> you know, why do I have to do this? Like, just, I just want to go, like, it's, it's wasting a day of my weekend and I've got to go to school on Monday. But um, I think, like, just looking back at it now and reflecting, that was definitely something that's come up in my mind. Yeah. And about kind of what's helped everything. But to get into, a, I guess, a quick timeline of, of what I've done since then, because Gleeman is not five, six years old. Yeah. Um, around 15 or 16 years old, I launched a t shirt line called Olympus Wear and that as, as everyone does, right. As your first, um, first business, everyone sees everyone on YouTube or, or I don't know, I looked up to a few like influencers at the time they were releasing their t-shirt brands and that was the thing I wanted to do. Yeah. However, after taking the months and months it took to launch it, we had the products, 
that went live and everything, I quickly launched. I didn't know how to market them. I didn't know how to sell them, nothing like that. And that was probably the key reason that it failed. Um, the first day we got sales, 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 but you know, it was your friends, it was your family, it was people yeah. who knew. And then that sl- that slows down the people who, you know, the, your friends and family, that, that all kind of slows down a lot. And then you have to try to sell to people who don't know you. And yep. that was kind of when the tricky part began. But that's so a that good, kind of, first of all, at that age to get through the whole production process yeah. and actually have something is pretty amazing. And then that's a good lesson. Yeah. It's not good enough just to have like the best t-shirt or the best widget. You got to let people find you and build up a reputation that helps people find you. Exactly. All of these are learnings. Like the way you see it is, you know, it's a failure. It's a classic, it's a classic saying, but they are right. Even after doing this for four months and, and I think I sold two shirts to random people that I didn't know. And I ordered a few, Um, I ordered a few as well. And, and obviously then after then, what's the next thing you just have to keep trying. So yeah. After that, um, my brother and I, and I keep bringing up my brother because he's always been doing, we've always been doing similar things um, with business and we've both got very similar mindsets in that. So my brother and I found this new business model called Amazon FBA, FBA, Fulfillment by Amazon. So he was sending the pallets of stock from China through to the US. um, And we were doing that. We we did that for a few products, uh, toy products, um, masks, outfits, like, yeah, like capes and stuff, kids capes, basically the way you would find an Amazon product is looking for products that have good seller rankings, but not so many reviews. Yeah. Get the product in Amazon.com, send out a hundred or 200 for review, build up your listing. People start to search that keyword. Yours comes, yours comes up first. Yeah. Yeah. Started to do that. That all got shut down. Um, I didn't even know what official company documents or anything were at that time. So my store on Amazon got completely shut down because I couldn't provide the information that was required uh-huh. after getting, yep. after hitting the threshold of, sales and I, I wasn't old enough to register my own company. Um, it was all this kind of big mess, right? I needed this information that I didn't have. I, I had no clue what these- you didn't have um, like the incorporation documents and that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. I had. I think I had to be incorporated in the US maybe, or I just, I'm not sure. I, I didn't know what was going on. So basically that got shut down. Also riding off the back of Amazon as well. I did Amazon Kindle for a while. So mm-hmm. selling oh. my mom's books. So she, she, my mom once tried to get published she never actually was able to get published because she was just going through the classic route. So what I decided to do is take her books, her children's books that she wrote, put them on Kindle and they actually started to sell. And we still receive checks to this day four awesome. years later for these checks, for these books that are sold on Kindle on Amazon. They're not big. It's like $40 every uh, few months. Right. And, um, and they're not being cashed as well because they're back in New Zealand and I'm here in Mexico, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're there. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So I did that for a while. Good though. You, it seems like you learned a couple like really awesome lessons there that probably have informed your, the rest of your career, you know, like there's something to be said for like facing yeah. that problem. And then just, even if it's a $40 check every couple of months, mm-hmm. you, you made something happen, which I really respect. Yeah. I think it was the um, the persistence was the biggest thing, learning learning that and giving everything a shot and yep. not really not really just accepting things with the way they are. I guess if you get shut down, like I got, I literally got shut off Amazon, and I just had to find a way to get back on to sell these books. Same thing. Yeah, I don't know. It was just you. You definitely learn a lot. I mean, there's all these lessons which you probably can't put down on a list as well. 
but like they were lessons that you learn and that you use every single day when you're making decisions for business later down the road, you know? Yeah. Uh, subconsciously. I always feel that, tell me if uh, this is just might be me, but when, when I first joined Vanessa doing cruise, my wife started cruise consulting. I don't know if mm, you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It was a lot about, just, it was about the challenge, but also about survival, like just making enough money to like survive and all that kind mm. of stuff. And then at some point it switched over once we mm. kind of knew we'd built something substantial to more like a game of like, mm-hmm. Hey, can we do this? Are we, are we going to be able to grow with the company? Can we keep yeah. learning? So it's, it's that persistence you're talking about. Like every day I wake up and I'm like, I know there's like five or six things that like I can do that are pretty high impact. And I get a ton of fulfillment out of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that how you think about it? Like just it's one challenge after another, but it's kind of a fun challenge. Exactly. It got past that for, for like that survival stage when I was able to, I guess, quit my jobs that I had. I had two jobs working at a supplement brand and then also this food packing warehouse. When I was able to quit those and have enough money to just, you know, pay for the general things that I needed at that time, it yeah. did kind of become a game, you know? Yeah. And I think with the businesses that I was in though, with then it was then I moved into dropshipping, the game was really like daily revenue and daily and finding winning products because that's the aim of the game. You find winning yeah. products, advertise them, and it does become a game. And I think that's a good way to look at it, I guess, if if you want to really try to get the most enjoyment out of it, you know? Yeah, I'm not trivializing. Yeah. It's the enjoyment that you just said it, like the enjoyment aspect of it mm. and, and accomplishing or, or passing a level or something like mm. that. Like exactly. But, yeah, and, and dropshipping, it was daily revenue. Like it's, yeah. it's the funniest thing because right now, I mean, and I've had, it's, it's a mindset I've had to change as well. You've definitely built something that really matters that people really love. Yeah, so I'm I appreciate sure it's that. Like a little addictive, like every day, you know. It is, of course, it is. But the the thing is, is I still have some of that little mind, like that bit of mindset in my head that I had from dropshipping, which I haven't talked on yet. But um, that back then I was always looking at daily revenue and looking at daily stats, and it's an issue I think actually right now because you want to look at the longer term picture. Yeah, yeah. But back then it was like the game of getting the highest daily revenue or finding that new winning product that you think in five days time you can 10x your revenue and then sell for two weeks and then the product would die. And that's like the way it works. <laughs> um, but yeah, talking about that, we, we did that. And that's really, I think dropshipping was the place where I, I had the most lessons, you know, made the, like built up a really, really solid amount of capital, which has allowed me to grow Gleeman, um as well. I gained team building skills as well. I had a team of 17 people in the Philippines working full-time on, wow. drop, on, my, on my dropshipping store. You see um, dropshipping, I know what that function is. It basically means like for the audience's benefit, yeah, you order yeah. something from a retailer and it's shipped instead of going to like a warehouse or, re- or physical retail, it's kind of just shipped to your house. Drop Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Was that so a you, don't, you don't have stock. Selling or, or what was the, were you selling specific products in a dropship way or were you figuring out how to do, do dropship as a service? So no, we were selling products on our store. I was selling anything and everything. Um, the kind of criteria that I found with products was it's something new and it has an innovative angle and it solves a problem because something I've been like just solid at doing is building like short form video ads that show the problem, bring in the solution. And that's kind of, a lot of that has helped Gleeman as well. Right. Smart. Super um, smart. So, so we did that. I mean, I don't know. I think we, we totaled it like we nearly had 230,000 orders in, in around 16 to 18 months with the drop-in wow. store. 
uh, wow. sold hundreds and hundreds of different products, um, all shipped from China from, by the end of it, I was just using one warehouse, um, this one contact in China. So he was like my man, you know, and yeah. I'd tell him a new product and he'd get it into the warehouse as soon as possible within days. Um, I wouldn't have to pay for any stock, nothing. He would take the risk because we had, we had business history, did that. And then that there has really been the big thing that's allowed me to go on and do other things, you know? So um, open a gym in New Zealand. And, too. Like the, the building up capital aspect of it is pretty important. Like, oh, of course. Yeah, that's what it was. You really got going, but you've been mm-hmm. able probably to accelerate the growth faster than maybe your pr- previous businesses because you had built up that nest egg, mm-hmm. the capital that you could deploy here. I um, Yeah, Gleeman wouldn't be in the position, position that it's in and I wouldn't have been able to do the things and take the risks that I have with Gleeman without doing dropshipping. Yeah. Because, you know, like in the first year, in the first year, we've kind of taken a few, I would say, silly risks with capital. Um, dropped like 20K on this TV promotion with um, with a, a large like TV network in the USA and saw nothing from it. Like <laughs> not, not even a bunch of Instagram followers. Uh, um, things, risks, stupid things like that. And uh, they work out through it. sometimes they work out. You do have to experiment. Yeah, you're right. But. So I'm very thankful for dropshipping and, and for discovering that and getting in at the time that I got in. It's allowed me to do a lot of things like travel the way that I've traveled, um, set my life up in the way that I've set it up, build Gleeman. I've got another couple of not a couple of businesses, but another business in New Zealand as well, which is a, a gym, a kickboxing gym. So that's in Auckland, New Zealand. It's called Nine Round Allersley and being able to open that. Yeah. And then also just start Gleeman. So there's it's it's been awesome. That's it's been like such a massive part of my life that you know it's got the capital aspect, but then you have the huge learning side of it yeah. as well, and massive in the marketing. Like on dropshipping, you sell average products to people, like not the greatest products, I'll be honest, to people within the same day. You know they make the decision oh. to buy within the same day, yeah. Yeah. so an impulse decision on a website that hosts hundreds of other products. Yep, and but you have that- to learn to do that. So so it was. Yeah, definitely beneficial. That's that's amazing. Well, maybe you can tell the audience what Gleeman is all about and the sure. core insights there. Skincare has always been um, a major thing in my life. Dating back to around eight years old, I actually, to be honest, I can't remember the day that it started. I had rosacea um, within my nose and cheeks. Mm. Um, and then whenever I would be in a hotter climate, change temperature, be in um, anxious environments as well, that there would flush up. And I still get a bit of that to this day. Um, and it would and it would become very vivid red spots on my face, cheeks, nose, neck, all of that. So rosacea was around my chosen uh, nose and cheeks. But then that kind of created this redness issue that I had through, through those parts of my face. So then from there, skincare became a big part of my life because I was trying to find ingredients and things to soothe this down. Yep. Whenever it would flare up, what can I use to put on my face to soothe it down? Um, something that has always helped is aloe vera. Mm. So aloe vera, aloe vera gel has always been good for me in doing that. And that's a bit about why we include that in the mask as well. But what that did is it allowed me to realize the power and like actually the way you can find, you can use natural solutions Mm -hmm. to solve and help issues. Yep. Uh, Still to this day, I, I suffer with that problem and I have to get, I get laser laser treatment around um, four to six months, actually, as well. So laser is helping a lot with it as well. So skincare has always been a thing. Yeah. So doing things for my skin has always been a thing in my life. So I think that's kind of where I fell into building a skincare brand 
I always wanted to transition from doing the last business dropshipping and move into something and build something that I can be like very proud of and build a team behind it and put my name behind it. And it kind of made sense to do something along the lines of that, because I know that, you know, when you've got an issue with your skin, it really does affect your, your confidence, no matter what it is, you know? So I wanted to do something that really helped people with that in the most natural solution, natural way possible. Um, and that's kind of where Gleeman, you know, began. That's amazing. I guess. So from your own experiences, you were testing and trying different things. Maybe share that with the audience. So it's, it's, it's a face mask that helps with skincare. Anyone who's into marketing will probably say it's stupid for me to say this, but I'm honest in saying like the, the Gleeman face mask helps with a load of skincare, skin concerns, dark spots, hyperpigmentation, those are two massive ones because of the turmeric, the aloe vera, and then also acne because of the vitamin C with, um, we have three ingredients inside of it, which kind of creates this thing we call the Australian trio. And it's kakadu plum, desert lime, and finger lime caviar. Kakadu plum is the richest known source of vitamin C in the world. Desert lime and finger lime caviar both have a lot of vitamin C and amazing, very powerful anti um, antioxidant ingredients. So, those three combined there and with turmeric and with aloe vera, putting those together and then attaching that to a clay mask, which clay in general, like brings out impurities from yep, your skin, yep. really, and all of that. So putting all of this together creates something like quite powerful, you know? That's amazing. Um, I love it. So it's it's pretty special. And to see some of the results that people are having, we, ha we haven't really pushed the product and said that it's for acne because like I just said, you know, it's, it's, it does help a lot of things. However, with marketing, as you know, like you can't really, you can't really sell someone something and say, oh, this is for everything yeah. you buy it, you know, yeah. you have to choose that angle and you have to decide which way to take yep. that. And the decision around that was we were taking it to the USA. It, we tried to release it in Australia, didn't go so well. Um, the execution, I think just wasn't done right. Took it to the USA. The skin concern that it did help with was evening skin tone. Um, helping dark spots, hyperpigmentation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I felt that that area there, like there isn't many natural solutions for that skin concern out there. And I think it doesn't get enough eyeballs, you know, that area of the market. I think um, people like women of color um, as well, black women as well, I, I feel like they, there's not much enough diversity in the industry. I feel like if I was to tell someone on the random street, and you know, like side of the street, anyone, I would say like, build your dream skincare product what does it help with they'll say acne you know yeah yeah however like that's acne is one concern but there's so many others out there that people are struggling with that it affects their, their confidence on a similar level and if not more you know because they can't find something there's not a million products out there for this thing so and did you put the formulation together or how did you how did you know about these ingredients like how did you put this together? Mm -hmm. Where it works with a natural skincare lab in Australia, um, not too far from where I live. So I live in Melbourne. He's based in Newcastle. So was working with him, kind of constructing this thing, going back and forth. We, it was conceptualized around the time that I moved to Melbourne, and that was around September, 2018. We released in March, 2019. So five to six months, back and forth samples. Just had to keep explaining the way that I wanted it, and then he would throw his suggestion in. He had some amazing suggestions, and he and he was amazing to work with in constructing the product. You know, really, really assisted a lot. 
So very thankful for that. But we kept going back and forth within, with the formula, talking about the experience of it, because that was a huge thing as well. Um, the experience side of skincare is massive. And if you want your product to be that trendy thing on social and you want people to want to take a selfie with it and post it up on Instagram or want to take a tutorial video with it, it has to have some sort of experience. Yeah. So that's why that, that was another reason why I chose the play mask as well. It, it had a very attractive three, four step process as well as having all of the benefits of the skin. It actually is really enjoyable to use, you know, that was another reason there. And yeah, so worked with Jacob and constructed it in uh, Australia. I love the other thing I like, like about the company is I feel like gleam in the name and just the way you message it on your website and it's very upbeat. Like it's, mm. it's a positive, it's like a positive message instead of selling yeah. care, like some, and maybe I don't know how prevalent this is in the skincare brands, but like mm. sometimes people sell fair. You're selling like a positive outlook. The colors are really bright. Like just this. Mm. And I feel like you, you've kind of, you've hit upon something that could be a really big brand. Like there could be other products. Yeah. Like Gleam and label essentially. Yeah. And we're working, we're working on those right now. They take a long time. I'll be honest, you know, like just working on when it's like these other products as well. For some reason, I feel like the mask was constructed faster than these other products that we're working on. Maybe because like now we have a lot more, I guess we're a lot more specific and we have a very, a very clear idea about what we exactly want. Yeah. And we're making sure we get that because I would rather wait two or three months to release something, make sure it's right and done right and actually help someone with the skin concern that they're dealing with rather than release something mediocre. So we have a bunch of other formulas um, coming out, like six new products in the works right now. And one, it'll be released within the first month or two months of um, 2021. That's fantastic. Well, it's probably it sounds like you're putting a pretty big emphasis on quality and mm, you know, maybe the sure. time you didn't have as much, you didn't, you weren't, you didn't have this brand and company and employees and super excited customers exactly. throwing it out there. But now it's like, exactly got, you know, it's almost like the, the rock band with the second album. You yeah. Know? Yeah. yeah well, I, I don't, and the other thing is like, I don't know. Um, I'll be honest. Like I don't know everything about the industry and the regulations and all of these things we've had to now comply to, you know, but building the team and having those people that have that experience now, yeah. I think that might also come into why things are taking a bit longer as well, because we're making sure that we tick all the boxes in every single way possible, yeah. I think. That's smart. Um, Cause before it was like you're saying, it was almost just it's still like a test, you know, I wanted to see like, will people love this product as much as I like, will this gain traction in the market? I know the product's powerful, but will it gain traction in the market? Because you need to have great marketing to be able to sell any product. You know, it doesn't matter how good it is. Yeah, and you guys are you guys are selling through Shopify. Are there Shopify, other yeah. like other e-commerce tools that are working really well for you, or maybe marketing tools that other people can learn from? One thing I highly advise is utilizing Facebook ad library as much as possible. Mm. It it gives you a really good grip around what other brands are advertising in terms of content, the angles, the way they are displaying their ads. Um, Facebook ad library, it's free. Just look it up on Google and, you know, you can type in a page. So for example, type in Gleeman and you'll see all of the ads that were running on Facebook and Instagram. And, and it's, it's just so it's, it's really, really like if you use it right, um, it's great insight. That's because really you can good. use that, look at other brands. I mean, if you looked at 50 brands, 
um, you spend time going through them, you could actually get an idea about what's working in the market for skincare in regards to ads. Like why do these ads work and why do these ads not? So that's, that's been a huge thing, um, but that's been around for years anyway. How do you, how are you fulfilling all the orders? Like, do you have, are you using Amazon 3PL or what? Nah, we work with a, a, a 3PL in Idaho. Yeah. yeah. So not, not Amazon, um, working with them. And we did have two warehouses, but we decided to cut it back to one because we were going through some supply chain issues during COVID and we decided to make things simple. We just brought it back to one warehouse. Also, there was a, like shipping rates are crazy right now, right? <laughs> um, and we're shipping all the stock from Australia to the USA. And obviously that's not too cheap, you know? So we decided yeah. to, instead of sending to this other warehouse that we had, which was costing a little bit more, we just decided to do one. Makes total sense. Yeah. Well, you built a heck of a business here. It's really impressive. And like I said, like mm. I can see this going a long ways. I mean, you're mm. still, and you're also just a young man. Like you got a lot of time to build a gigantic company here. Yeah, people say that, but like, I never like to think of time, you know, like I don't wanna say, um, I don't like to think, oh, I've got a lot of time, you know? Yeah, I think of it as like, um, back, back to the game mentality, like, and I still think of myself as fairly young. So like, yeah, you a are. lot of years to compound the growth and and take sure. working and keep compounding yeah. that and then fix the things that don't work. Like you talked about this a little yeah. bit, like, you know, there's, there's things that don't work in a startup or things you need to solve or issues yeah. you run into. Is there something yeah. like for the other entrepreneurs out there who are just listening, is there like, do you look back and you're like, oh man, if I just would have handled that differently or more proactively that you could have saved a little bit of time or, or some pain? Yeah. I think uh, one thing would be, I forgot the saying, but it's like chasing the golden nugget or something like that. And this is something that I, I know a lot of people that have suffered that suffer from it right now. I used to suffer from it and now I'm just focused on Gleeman. It's trying to do too much at once. Yeah. And just when you're just being yourself, yeah. like just yourself as a solo entrepreneur. I think right now, especially with the within the age of Instagram and you know your social life and the internet, people want to show what they're working on, which is fair enough. Like I love that. And um, you should be showing what you're working on, you know, if you're proud of it. However, because of that, a lot of people are like doing something and bringing on to me projects to show that they're working on so many things to, I guess, increase the, the, the way that they are perceived online. However, like after doing things for a while, like years, five years, six years and going through this experience, I mean, once I had something like five or six projects slash businesses in the works at one time, I mean, we only talked about three, yeah. but these are like other little projects and things. You just get so overwhelmed and for something to become so successful, I think there's a massive benefit and there's huge value in just focusing on that one thing yeah. and learning where to say no. Like it's a saying that you see like floating around somewhere. I mean, I see a bunch of posts on LinkedIn about it. It's like learning to say no. I couldn't agree more. So much. And I know sometimes it's related to your personality type and yeah, I'm right. who likes to do a lot of different things. So I'm, Mm. Vanessa helps coach me on this, like to slow down a little bit and focus on one or two things and get them done mm -hmm. and get them done well. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, not only for people out there, but I'm going to take your advice because I need to, and I read the book, The One Thing last year and okay. my coaches actually gave it to me and it really helped me. So mm -hmm. yeah, I agree, man. That's, that's some, some mm. good, good advice there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, she. Well, that's how I. That's how we got connected. I know Kate. Yeah, Kate's been the biggest, like, such a massive help with with me, and and a lot on Gleeman's side, but a but a huge part on like being that founder CEO, like progressing in that type of field. Yep. And the way to approach things, and something she was telling me is like to slow down, you know. And that's something I've really been working on. I think in the last month, two months. And it's not like slowing down in, in a sense of like slowing down your business, but I think it's slowing down and making decisions because there was a lot of times where I was making a decision and trying to move so fast. So that's probably a massive learning as well is like make your decisions a bit slower. And even when you're trying to like 10x your revenue in a, in a year, you can still take an, an extra day and like map out the benefits or the the side effects of making a, making a decision, an important business decision. Um, which is something I should have done in a lot of cases because you know we've we've had we've had issues come up in Gleeman and and they have been just from moving too fast and just kind of saying yes and it could have had a different outcome if um, I think I just thought about things a little bit more you know sat down wrote everything down on a piece of paper and just sat with my thoughts a little bit rather than just thinking like yes growth like let's see what happens because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. always been my mindset as well yeah, it's just like right. go it. go go. That's really, really good advice. Well, we should get you out of here, but before you leave, can you tell everyone how to get or how to reach Gleeman, how to buy from you mm -hmm. if they're interested in reaching out to you, maybe on mm -hmm. LinkedIn or something like that, but maybe how they can get with the brand? I guess LinkedIn is just Jordan Smythe um, and they should be able to see my name and same on Instagram as well. And about Gleeman, gleeman.com as well. Hopefully it's mentioned in the description here. Uh, and if you want to take 10% off your order, oh, wow. we've made a discount code for Scott. And it's Scott at checkout for 10 so I thought I'd throw that one in there as well. I didn't um, know that was coming. That, but, that's a nice but, perk for the founders and friends audience. Yeah. And just letting people know, like we're hiring as well. So we're hiring right now. We're, we're actually going to be looking for a digital, someone in the digital marketing field soon. Who's an expert in the email and SMS. So I'm not sure when this is getting pushed, but like if you're interested and, and whoever's listening to this, you know, we might, there might be a position available. So we're always trying to grow and, see if there's any addition to the team that we can bring on. Fantastic. Well, congrats on your success. Yeah. You're doing it the right way. The brand is really cool and I'm excited to see where you take it. Perfect. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. All right, Jordan. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise. Founders and friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty Olm.